Hello and uh, welcome to another episode of uh, ESPN Cricket Post Stamp Mic. I'm your host Kaustub and uh, with me I have Shashank Kishore. Uh, how are you Shashank on this fine morning? Hi Kaustub. Yes, doing good. Uh, I mean it's a relaxed weekend. Uh, looking forward to some cricket. Yeah, so uh, we're coming to you in the middle of uh, a pretty eventful subcontinental calendar. All of them are preparing for the T20 World Cup and uh, Shashank, uh, you managed to speak to a player who is returning from injury and vying to leave a mark in that tournament so could you tell us about that yeah so this was uh, in august uh, towards the end of august uh, just before the asia cup and while uh, harshal patel was uh, in the middle of his uh, rehab uh, so i caught up with him um, where he was staying here in bangalore and uh, i've kind of known from 2012 uh, because i first saw him at a ranji game in hubli uh, nearly 9 years ago and he had just broken through it was a second year in uh, uh domestic cricket so um i followed his career a fair bit it was actually a, a chat about um, you know the kind of things that a player goes through when you're so close to you know playing for india in a multination tournament and yet you you've got to miss out because of injury uh, the kind of mental toll it can take on you uh the things that you can control the things you can't control and if there are things that you as a player can do off the field to kind of take your mind away from the cricket for a for a short while uh so yeah i was largely on these things and um, uh, he was very candid and very uh, happy to you know give us an insight into um you know his life at the moment so um will the purple cap winner procure a purple patch preceding the practice pitches in perth later next month for the t20 world cup only time will tell but uh, until then here's sashank kishore in conversation with india cricketer harshil patel Uh, I think I read a quote from Carl Sagan. Uh, so he says, "Knowledge is preferable to ignorance. Better by far to uh, embrace a hard truth than a reassuring fable." And I read that quote, and I thought, "Okay, this guy is interesting. I wanna, I wanna see what he has to say." And uh, then I picked up this book called "The Pale Blue Dot" by Carl Sagan and Andrew Wynn, um, and uh, and that basically started the my my journey into astronomy and. Uh, yeah it's i'm i'm fascinated by it every day do you carry a telescope with you when you're on tours no no i don't have a telescope but i definitely want to invest in one the problem in uh, wherever we go and wherever we live is the light pollution so even if you have a telescope it's very unlikely that you'll get to see a deep sky object uh, because the light pollution is so uh, prevalent everywhere uh but yeah my my photography uh, skills are also getting better uh, so yeah working on a few things uh you seem to have varied interests in life you read philosophy um you're interested in astrophysics and at the time of uh, you know this interview you're of course in rehab in bangalore um and rehab can be boring for a lot of players can be really challenging uh, you have, you've got your guitar right now in the room uh, so are these interests outside of cricket kind of a reflection of the person that you are or uh, are these something that you've developed over time uh since you started traveling a lot and you know playing a lot of cricket yeah my rehab is not boring because i'm not restricted a lot uh i even when i got injured i was i was training in the gym whatever was pain free was i was allowed to do all that so it it it's still intense but like like with everything even when i'm competing or traveling i, I like to uh read or uh, watch videos or uh, podcasts or play guitar um, and uh, whatever uh, whatever tickles my fancy on a particular day is something that I'll pursue and 
get i i get tremendous value out of uh, uh you know watching star talk is is one of my favorite podcasts uh, and and many of them uh, so it's just something that that you know teaches me something new or uh, puts things into a different perspective is is something that i like to do and i get a lot of value out of uh, recently on instagram i read something on the lines of uh, where you'd said you know when you train without the you know the pressure of a a tournament or competition in front of you uh, it's a lot more fruitful and it's it's a lot more productive than it can be when you're training towards something uh can you elaborate a little on this is it a mindset thing is it something that you consciously work on every time and i mean even now i i have a goal in mind is to get to return to play as quickly as possible but at the same time i'm i'm not preparing for a competition uh at this particular moment and that gives you a lot of uh, you sort of go back to your old days and and i love training in the gym i love doing my conditioning i love uh, bowling just for the sake of it because i I enjoy trying things out and uh, I enjoy executing my skills and when you don't have uh, competition right in front of you if you're so for example if I'm if I'm playing a series I I have a game after 2 days everything is uh, is monitored so if I if I tell the trainer that I'm going to bowl 10 overs he's not going to be happy about that uh, but here I can I can do the once they give me a green light to to bowl as long as I want i can probably tell them that i'm out bowl 10 overs today and see uh, a few try out a few things those are the things that you can only do when you don't have competition in your um, right in front of you um, so so like i said it's a it's a precious time and also i can push my body uh, very hard without thinking about even if i don't recover uh, 100% tomorrow i don't have to go and play a game uh, so so all these things uh, can can be a great uh, great asset and can be a very valuable time also you, you when you're not uh, going to compete in a in a in a short period of time you have a lot of free time to think about your game uh, analyze certain things and and a lot of those things happen uh, subconsciously you don't really have to think about it but uh, sometimes when you're not thinking about things you you get an answer so so these things all of them combined can be very valuable uh, who among the current lot um, you know bowls the slow ball um, the dipping slow delivery as well as you do uh, this is something that you've patented over time uh, something that you you said you picked up from dwayne bravo a few years ago and and this delivery was massively kind of successful for you when you became the purple cap holder in the ipl so who bowls it as well as you do at the moment Yeah I think Jesse bowls it pretty well. Uh uh Ngidi has started bowling it really well which is great to see. And another thing which is great to see is people have started bowling slow balls with a new ball which was which was a taboo uh, probably 2 years back. Now people have realized that if you if the ball doesn't swing and if you keep bowling at one pace no matter what length what line you bowl um you're going to concede one or two boundaries in an over on a on a good surface. so i think people have started to realize that and people are adapting uh you touched upon how you you're kind of working on varying the lengths of your uh, slow deliveries you said earlier on it was a lot fuller and now you're saying that you know you've worked on ensuring that uh, you can be effective by bowling slower deliveries uh, short of a length and short um with the big boundaries in australia i reckon that uh, could be a massive advantage for you see there are there are two ways to control where the batsman's going to hit you it's either length or or the line so 
so even if i want to bowl full and take advantage of the of the side boundaries i could either go wide or i could go at the heel um so you can you can do that with line and length both but yeah um, bowling short in australia is what a lot of people have told me is uh, is a is a good idea because you you get a lot of bounce and zip and and the side boundaries are larger so and and again it's something that i'll i'll understand for myself on psychotha you 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 spoken earlier about how uh, you developed a massive interest in uh, strength and conditioning and injuries and pain management and all those things um did extensive knowledge on these aspects kind of help you uh, understand or assess your injury a lot earlier than it came to light or uh, when did you kind of feel that this rib injury that you had kind of troubled you and how did you go about it yeah i mean when it happened when you tear uh, when you tear a muscle it is quite evident i mean whatever movement caused that uh, tear uh, and obviously depending on the location of the tear you will not be able to do a lot of things without pain uh, so that's your first indication that something is wrong and uh, usually the the worst part about injury is diagnosis and prognosis so the first week is usually uh, diagnosis unless like you have a very simple injury which is like a fracture or something um, so it it took them uh, about a week to sort of put everything together and and get a clear picture as to how long will it take to heal and uh, um, then obviously you don't want to decondition uh, uh, until that time so training goes on so all these pieces uh, put together um all the the indian teams medical team and the nca medical team all of them get together and and create a plan which is which is to get me as quickly uh, back on the field as possible um, so uh, but yeah talking about the markers before the injury obviously you are you are a little bit of a uh, little bit fatigue uh, because you're you're traveling and playing and traveling and playing uh, and even intercity travel can be can be very taxing um, so all of these things combined can can be can be a factor but uh, uh, and and when you when you're robust when you're fresh uh, your body takes all that uh, all those uh, stressors and deals with it uh, effectively sometimes when you're fatigued your body won't be able to do that and that can result in a and this is this is quite a small thing it could result in something big as well um, so you have to be mindful about your own body and once you once you play uh, for a certain number of year, years you you get a you get a sense of uh, you know what's happening in your body how are you feeling how are you recovering um, your force output and all of that uh, so it does give you a bit of an indication what was your first reaction when you found out that you were injured and you you were probably going to miss a multi nation tournament like the asia cup uh, how tough was it mentally because the timing of it was such that you know with the world cup just a few weeks away Uh, it's something that could have possibly been 50-50 so how did you approach this yeah i mean i <laughs> the the central thought uh, when anything goes wrong in my mind is that it could it could always be worse right it could have been an injury which put me out for 3 months um so and it could have happened right before the world cup um so so you never know i mean and and you look at try and look at the silver lining obviously you're going to feel bad i i felt bad that i'm going to miss the first multi nation tournament that uh, that i got to play but uh, but at the same time you know that you know it's not something very serious and you have something even bigger to look forward to so that helps uh, what are the skill sets that you've kind of worked on and you've developed over the last one year or so 
to give you that edge and to kind of uh, ensure that you're no one trick pony and to ensure that you're always a step ahead of the game. Yeah, so I've explored a little bit uh, in terms of the the lengths that I can bowl with uh, with slow ball. Usually when I bowl slow balls, it was it was mainly fuller or mainly uh, at the good length. But now I've started bowling more shorter slow uh, uh, balls, which are which are doing very uh, very well for me. I mean, they're working out very well for me. So so that's one thing, obviously. And uh, I've been working uh, on on my new ball skills for a while as well. So I started doing that mid IPL, and uh, you know, just because in IPL I was what what I was supposed to do, all my skills were pretty top notch. So I didn't need to work on them. So every time I would go to practice, I would take a new ball and start bowling with it, because it's it's good to have a skill and not need it uh, than the other way around. Um, so it's just something I've been working on, and if I get an opportunity um, for India or for for RCB. I would uh, I would love to do that. Uh, of course, since the IPL finished, uh, you know we've returned to a very normal environment of uh, you know where players can you know move around freely without being shackled by bio bubbles. Uh, you were in bubbles, of course, for two years where you couldn't move out of rooms, and you've had it tough, and all of you have had it tough. How uh, liberating is that feeling now of having come out of bubbles and you know living a more normal life? As uh, traveling cricketers, it feels great. I mean, <laughs> bio bubbles were terrible, uh, uh, and also because like you, you could be you could be jailed in a five star or seven star hotel with everything that you want, but you still don't have your freedom. So that that freedom was uh, was one factor that I think everyone missed. There are there are people in the team who like to go out. There are people in the team who don't like to go out, but all of them had this feeling that we don't have our freedom. And uh, and and that's the thing that we missed for two almost two years, and like getting tested every other day, getting your nose poked and your throat poked, <laughs> all of that. Uh, luckily, those days are behind us uh, for now. I don't know what's gonna happen in the future, but yeah, bio bowls were terrible. Uh, for the first time uh, during the Ireland and England series, you kind of played for India outside the subcontinent. Uh, what were the learnings that you picked up from there, and is it different to bowling in the subcontinent for your bowling style? Uh, what were the takeaways from those tours? Yeah, to be honest, my my type of bowling doesn't really change much uh, on on the conditions. And actually, I think I don't really think any bowler can can make that big big of an adaptation. Uh, so it's just some minute details, uh, like uh, like if. Obviously, the dimensions in England were uh, were quite uh, uh, weird, uh, which is something that we don't see in India. Most of the grounds are round uh, here. Uh, so, so when you go and play on different uh, grounds with different dimensions, you a lot of the options that you take uh, are are heavily dependent on uh, dimensions. Uh, so, so that's one thing. Which we also do in India because sometimes you you don't always play on the centre wicket. Uh, if you're playing on the wicket on two wickets down on the right or left, you have to take dimensions into account. So it's not something groundbreaking, but uh, but yeah, I had to do that a lot in uh, in England. And obviously, I haven't played in Australia um, since under 19. So so once I go there and and see how how things are and what the wickets are like, pace and bounce and all of that. Then I'll I'll start to 
start to think about how i can adapt to those conditions can you simulate australian conditions in india of course we we kind of talk about preparing um, hard surfaces preparing surfaces with grass you know you when you play in lali where you play your domestic cricket in haryana you know it's almost always when the toss bowl first because on day one teams can be bundled out for 80 90 100 whatever uh so so can you simulate australian kind of conditions in india no i i don't think you can replicate exactly you can replicate pretty much your subcontinent conditions uh maybe if you want to make a seeming track you can do that but you can't make hard bouncy fast pitches uh where they don't exist i mean dy patel was was brilliant throughout the ipl that was probably the fastest and most bounciest pitch i've uh, i've bowled on in india or even overseas uh so i don't think you can replicate that very easily uh but yeah if you when you're going into uh, an, a new uh, country to play you have to sort of allow yourself probably 4 5 days a week to understand the conditions and then uh, figure out how you can adapt to that uh, let's talk about uh, the indian team as such uh it's of course now close to a year since you made your debut and you've played uh, all along under rohit sharma and rahul dravid uh what are the kind of chats that they've had with you uh in terms of where you're placed and uh how is the general vibe around uh, the entire group been and because everyone's uh, you know spoken openly about how there's close communication there's proper communication from all the channels and it's two ways um so So what's it been like for you and what are the chats that you've had and what what are cha- what are the chats that they've had uh, if you can just uh, shed some light on that Yeah they've they've been nothing but uh, but supportive and uh, whatever uh, whatever the the team ethos uh, has has taken precedence over individuals always which is a great thing and uh, they've told me my role exactly that we we want you to be able to bowl in all three phases of the game not not just middle and death uh, so they've been they've been bowling me uh, once uh, at the end of the power play almost every single game just to you know get used to that and uh, and and also my my ability to bat at number 8 is something that they really value and uh, once i you know i have not been working a lot uh, on my batting because of time constraints and like i said you're constantly in competition so you don't get time off to do that but this injury again the silver lining is that i'll get to do uh, do that i'll get to hit probably 500 700 balls in in the course of 2 3 weeks uh so it's something that i've wanted to work on for uh, for quite a while and i really want to contribute in in that capacity as well Uh, at this point in time uh, are you happy with where your game is at uh, mentally physically and emotionally uh, is harshal patel the best version of himself or the best version that he can possibly be yeah more or less i mean uh, i could i could obviously uh, i i said the same thing before the last ipl that i want to be more tighter with my execution um, and and i i achieved that more or less in in the last ipl and i'll i'll continue to strive for that uh, because if you could if if i could if i'm bowling one or two bad balls out of 24 if i could completely eliminate that you're not going to be able to do that every single game but if i can do that uh, you know two games out of five or three games out of five there'll be there'll be a goal worth uh, striving for uh, kl rahul recently said uh, you know when players are coming back from injury 
uh, when team management uh, completely backs them and you know gives you a message that the work that you've done prior to your injury won't be forgotten as you come back um uh, can that kind of mentally uh, put a player on the pedestal and kind of give him make him feel more important make him feel more wanted and in turn can that kind of bring out the best in him when he comes back from a long injury layoff from a mental point of view um can this sense of security be uh, a massive massive boost for players like you coming back from injury it does take a little bit of pressure off of you because you know sometimes people make uh, foolish uh, decisions when they are returning to play they try and push too much or they they want to do it uh, a little faster because they might feel that uh, their place is in danger or uh, whatever reason uh, but but if you know for a fact that the team management uh, will will remember what you've done prior to uh, getting injured and and those performances and those contributions will not be forgotten then that gives you a bit of a uh, bit of sense of calm and uh, comfort to know that once you go back into the team obviously you'll have to perform again and again and again uh, that goes for every single cricketer but you know that uh, you know you you will hold that um, uh, place in the team i see you have carried a guitar with you and you said you you know you train and you have online classes so you don't miss much of these classes even on tours and even uh, when you've got big games uh, around the corner no i don't i mean uh, only if i'm traveling and i'm not available i i don't do my class but uh, but apart from that it's uh, it's pretty consistent right now i'm learning breathe uh, by pink floyd from the album dark side of the moon which is which happens to be one of my favorite albums um and uh, yeah it's just Uh, a little complicated for for my my skill level but uh, it's something that i want to do and i'll i'll figure it out as kids we all kind of had this dream of uh, playing for india and i'm sure you must have had this dream and you know 12 years ago you played for india at an under 19 world cup but you know when you make that transition to the senior level it's a, it's 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 a lot different um you know and you've been selected for your first uh, t20 world cup now um Does it feel like a culmination of a, a dream that you had as a kid? I am super excited, and obviously, I, I will get nervous at some point. But at this point of time, I'm I'm just excited uh, because I remember like the two World Cups India have won, seven uh, and eleven. Both the World Cups, I I vividly remember where I was, what I was doing, and what we did after we won the World Cup. uh like like every kid uh, we took our uh, scooters and went out on the road and danced and jumped and shout and all of that and uh, it'll be it'll be great you know if i could uh, if i could play and uh, if we end up winning the world cup and to to have that circle completed it's going to be a, it's going to be a great feeling but uh, but yeah it's going to be a lot of excitement and a uh, lot of nervous energy as well but we'll deal with it